Hello, welcome to the Brownie Notion. I'm Anna Banana. <laughs> I forgot my name. <laughs> And today we are joined by my very good friend Trina. So Trina and I go way back. Uh, I think I know her from at least 10 years ago when I first came to the US. She was my first friend. Currently, she is a lecturer at LSU. She completed her PhD in agricultural economics at LSU. She has a passion for diversity and inclusion championship at LSU. And as a hobby, she also does photography and is very interested in languages. So, hi, Trina. Hi, everyone. It's so nice to meet all of you virtually, though. (laughs) What are we talking about today? Why don't we talk about languages? So, like, all of us are multilingual. So, and in many of our discussions, we talk about how languages affect our daily life, how accent influences us, how we are worried about pronunciations, accents sometimes. And given that I teach in classroom, I actually sometimes I feel I worry too much about all these things. Yeah, I guess the first struggle I had 10 years ago in USA was people not understanding me, even though I thought my English was okay. From then, I started having a little bit of an insecurity about the way I speak and the way I speak too fast or something like that. Did you have the same problem, Anna, when you came into Austria? Okay, so my first time using like English in my daily basis was uh, in in a job uh, environment, right? So I got this job as software developer and we had teams across multiple parts of the globe from Munich to Shanghai. So English was our main language. And it was really um, a struggle and an insecurity for me because my English back then was not really good. So we learned English in school, but not that much. And and I had not actually, I never needed to speak English on a daily basis. So I kind of forgot about it. And then I, I was in this job and I needed to you know, call people and write emails. It was really tough. So, but it was at the same time very helpful because it gave me time to learn or relearn English slowly because it was not that I needed these every day. I needed these maybe for a call, 15 minutes or for an email. So I could, in a time of a year, really work on my English slowly. That's interesting because I remember yesterday when I was speaking to Trina, she was also telling me about emails, right? Yeah. So how long it takes for us to write emails? Yeah, I mean, more than writing it, like before sending, I will proofread it so many times. So earlier I used to do it for like longer period, but now I have kind of got rid of this. Okay, let's send it. See, I, I grew up in India, so I didn't study in, a, in an English medium schools. The medium of instruction was Bengali. So when I came to US, everything was in English, speaking to people, writing emails, like studying So I think somehow I wanted to be perfect. And that kind of influences my email as well, this idea that I have to be perfect so that the person who is reading it it doesn't think less of me. Yeah, because I think back home we have this issue where if we cannot speak English absolutely correctly, and I don't know, Anna, if it is the same thing in Portugal also, that we think that people will think less of us. Like we have this huge colonial hangover where... English is how your intelligence used to be judged. I think that has become much better now. Mm -hmm. But it used to be that way for 
so long like even here when people didn't understand me i would just go into a little bit of a shell that oh god i should just stop speaking right now because they didn't understand one sentence or my accent because of course i'm from a different part of the world how will they immediately understand me and so that struggle came into when i had to start teaching that kind of overflowed into my teaching but trina you have been teaching for so long what has your experience been like so when i when i first started teaching here in us i was a grad student i i came to us in 2010 and from 2011 i started teaching and at that time like i was kind of thinking in bengali and constantly translating so that time like i struggled a bit but the thing is that when i started learning economics in india that was during my undergrads i learned in english so there were two things going on a spoken english wasn't that good but when i was teaching in classroom given that i learned economics in english i wasn't struggling that much if i had to like continue continue a conversation i was struggling okay then i got some reviews where students told me you have a strong accent which is true uh, i have a strong accent like uh, it, it was highly influenced my i think bengali so but then over the years like um, i dropped accent at the same time i dropped my own internal biases like i now tell students see i come from india i will have some accent there are some few words i don't pronounce properly there are few f- words i say differently so but i will make sure that when i teach at the end of the day you understand it properly so i i told them and this actually helped me very much mm-hmm. so when i when i put this on the table that see i have an accent so then students started sharing things with for example one student told me her mom is from texas dad is from louisiana she grew up at texas studying at uh, lsu that is louisiana and she told me don't worry about this every time during holidays when i go back to texas my mom teases me with my accent so and then different students told me this so i i felt like i really don't have to worry about all these things as long as i'm teaching properly as long as students are able to understand the economics i'm teaching i am good and believe it or not last 2 3 years i don't get a single comment on my review like uh, semester end review that she has a strong accent because i have already told them i have accent they know that I have, that i have an accent so i think that kind of helped me a lot and i do talk to people to talk to students about language accent a lot even though i'm not teaching a language course So this has been my experience this has been a very good learning curve because we all have like at least i had this internal bias that i have to be perfect in english uh, when i'm speaking um, so it impacted me but so and so it's interesting for me that uh, so somehow in economics as you were saying you got used to it in english and you you feel comfortable teaching in english and economics but did you feel the struggle of just on the social life on a social level interacting with other people that somehow you could not uh, articulate your ideas as well in english for example and feeling a bit frustrated with that because that happened to me so i just wanted to know whether you felt initially i would say yes initially means when i just came to united states so if i had to speak with someone who who just no english no other language and i have to continue the conversation in english then it was a struggle for me a bit initially but then again this was my own internal st- struggle 
um, most of the time people told me oh i admire uh, people who know multiple languages but when if i'm talking about conversation with indians uh, who doesn't speak bengali bengali is my mother tongue then it wasn't that difficult because if i'm speaking with indians we can continue conversation in uh, english hindi and of course mother tongue our mother tongue so it yeah. wasn't that much this was my experience yeah because i have so, this uh, kind of funny story because when i got mm-hmm. this job when i needed to speak english so then after some time i actually met the, my partner and we speak english because he is not from portugal and english is the only common language we have and when we started mm-hmm. dating you know sometimes i will tell him like i promise you i'm not this stupid you know <laughs> <laughs> like I, because I just couldn't somehow even have I didn't even have the vocabulary to formulate my ideas and I would get so frustrated you know like I just mm-hmm. can't explain you what I want and if I could just talk in Portuguese <laughs> <laughs> Yeah I mean I remember a friend of mine had once said that he could communicate with his girlfriend in English and that was okay but when he had to like say something which was a very deep thought he was not able to articulate that in english because he's used to doing that in bengali so he would say i struggle with that so much and ultimately i mean he said he still continues to struggle so i resonated with that because whenever i have tried dating in usa that's what would happen like initially it would be okay with just like basal conversations but when i'm trying to explain like a nuance of something it would be hard for me to say it in english even though i am actually quite comfortable in english but i don't know something happens like i joke with my mom sometimes that whenever i have to speak english for a very long time my jaw hurts and that never happens in bengali i don't know why because i guess i'm trying so hard or we are used to like basically our facial muscles are used to and and if you're very tired uh like after the entire day's work sometimes i randomly uh infuse my english with bengali words then i realize <laughs> oh okay yeah i wanted to say this i i will add a funny story here about accent so it's like i was visiting my brother uh in germany my brother lives in germany and we were seeing each other in person after 4 years most of the time we were speaking bengali but sometimes like we were traveling and if we had to speak to someone i was speaking english and my brother was saying you have a fake accent so i was getting very irritated why are you saying i have a fake accent and he said this multiple times then when it was time for me to come back to us and we were standing in front of american airlines counter and there were so many other americans standing and he said okay like oh i haven't heard this kind of english for a long time because he lives in germany he speaks with germans who has their own own accent and then my accent was weird for him so he said you have a fake accent it's neither bengali neither uh, indian or english so i told him see this is my united nations accent so i don't know <laughs> I don't know from where it came but yeah I think I think there was also a joke in one of the uh, comedy shows I used to follow for a while that uh, this guy his cousin lives in Singapore and so he has an immediate Singapore accent whenever he has to order food in a restaurant and he told his cousin that why did you suddenly start speaking like that like you don't speak like that and then he said well he won't understand and I decided to do my own experiment this is me in this case where mm-hmm. i started speaking in like the way they enunciate the words in usa and whenever i would order in that manner 
they would get it in a heartbeat like immediately they would understand me but if i speak in my very indian accent that's so much of a struggle even now when i'm ordering food at restaurants it's so frustrating yeah. and it's no one's fault like they don't know my accent they are used to americans but i i get it like i get tweaking your accent a little bit so they understand you so exactly so when i'm teaching it's like my job is to make sure that student uh, understand what i'm saying so i yeah. haven't consciously changed my accent but i have i have tried to make sure that okay these are the words that i should say properly these are the things that i should say properly slowly and and what i have realized is like first year students they struggle but over time like given that they take courses from different non native english speakers uh, when they are kind of about to graduate college Uh, they get used to it yeah and i guess we have to cut them some slack because at the end of the day there are many people who come from specially rural areas so they are used to a certain very thick accent but having said that i remember yesterday you were telling me about uh, some story right about your professor and his uh, wife and how intelligence and english can be linked sometimes so one of my colleague he was telling he is american his wife is african and he was mentioning this like uh, whenever he makes any mistake in english people think okay maybe it's a silly mistake the person had to go somewhere it's just a mistake but and he's from usa he's from us and according to him like whenever the same thing happened with his wife people question her intelligence this is what he mentioned and also if you think about india mm-hmm. uh, we have this right elitism english elites So yeah, I was yeah. doing some research before like uh, today's conversation and I saw there is a 2014 report published by Center for Research and Debates and Development Policy New Delhi and they were saying that this is about Indian men if someone is very fluent in English they will be earning 34% more than men who know little bit English oh wow and those men who know little English they will be earning 13% more than people who doesn't even know english in english okay? this is a 2014 data and and we have seen is this is statistical proof but we know this that elitism exists when it comes yeah. to english right so anna yeah. you have any experience like you grew up in europe so how is how are things mm-hmm. there so in europe there is many languages right a bit like in india yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So English kind of became the standard but I think that at least for Portuguese we pick it up rather quickly. So there is no let's say elitism per se with English because kind of everybody speaks English. It's a bit weird, I know. <laughs> um but I know for example as a uh, because you're talking about the colonial background and stuff like this. I know that this happens in Brazil with Portuguese. So so Brazil speaks Portuguese but they have their own uh, variant let's call of Portuguese so it's Portuguese from Brazil so the grammar changes uh they have a lot of words that we don't use so it's is the same language but it's quite different already and i heard from friends from there that if you want to be like in the academic world you you kind of have to write in this portuguese from portugal um what is really weird because the language is really different and if you are not able to do this um there is actually like consequences people will think that again you are you are not smart enough 
uh, for me, it was a bit of a shock because I understand that the origin of the language was in Portugal, but now we speak these kind of two variants. So why one, you know, you are smarter if you can speak these, the, the version from Portugal if you actually grew up in Brazil, right? I don't know. It's, um, so, yeah, so... So these I know from Brazil, but then in Europe, yeah, we don't have the same the same problems with language, I will say. Although, you know, for example, now I'm in Austria and I don't really sp speak German. Um, and that, and that, 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 that can be a problem. Okay. Uh, of course, I'm working in computer science, so most of the time I can avoid any problems related with language because we end up speaking English. Um, but if you want to work in other areas, you got to know German. And uh, yeah, so there will be discrimination against you if you don't know German. I'm just in a very privileged situation here. Yeah, so that's the thing about Europe. There is many languages and it's usually kind of good if you know the language of the country where you live. Yeah, so. But yeah. then again, if you are a white person, yeah, maybe you can. Yeah, or white passing, yeah. Yeah, I get that actually. Sounds sounds a little bit like India's uh, relationship with English, even though there are so many other languages. And did you guys, since both of your academics have trouble writing in English, because I struggle with that a lot. Like I read in English all the time, but when I have to write, I have trouble forming thoughts sometimes. Did you guys have that problem too, both of you? I didn't. The reason is like... I learned economics in English in the sense the medium of instruction was English when I was I started learning economics. Mm -hmm. So I, of course, I did struggle, but it wasn't like a spoken English part because I was constantly thinking about economics in English, the words, the terms, theorems and everything. So, yeah, it wasn't a big struggle for me. For me, it was actually a very big struggle. And from that, yeah, because I have it, yeah. Yeah, it's not only the language. I tell this story many times to my friends. So it seems that the way we build the thought about things, so in Portuguese and in English, is kind of the opposite direction. So when I think in Portuguese, um, I, I build my idea from like the reasons, just justifications, and then at the very end, I say, what's my conclusion? Mm -hmm. Well, in English, and actually it was a professor from my bachelor's that detected this and helped me to identify this problem. So in English, you start with a conclusion and then you kind of uh, build your case. And I never thought about it. And it was during my bachelor's that I needed to write my first, let's say, text in English, scientific text, you know. Mm -hmm. And he read it and he was like, yes, this is English, but this is not English. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I wrote my first uh, paper and I gave the first draft to my professor, he said the same thing. He said that this is all making sense, but this is not how academic texts are written because academic texts are written in mostly American English, like the way they structure things, at least in our case. So it was a, yeah, it was a very weird struggle. Like I had to almost read papers and copy the way they are writing. Their writing style. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I needed so, to pick up some sentences and, and, you know. Yes, yes. Certain words that they would use again and again. Yes. Um, like, we infer. Usually, we don't talk like that. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, I would say, oh, I conclude. But no, we infer this. We do that. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this is so hard. So, but, it's, it's yeah. really funny because, of course, then uh, I left my bachelor's and I went, you know, to have these jobs and 
I kind of relearn English. And right now in my brain is like, I have two different ways to think. You know, I have the Portuguese way and I have the English way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the English way is very trained for the scientific things because that's mm-hmm. what I do. And then it's interesting because whenever I come across a paper that's written by a Portuguese person that is still, that's working in a Portuguese institute, I can detect it immediately, even without reading the name, because of this way of thinking, you know, so somehow, because they stayed in this culture, right? And they were not forced out of that, you know, because I would Mm -hmm. write the papers and then the co-authors will be like, oh, this is weird, you know, (laughs) and they will kind of force me to change. So if you don't have this and you're just saying this your way, yeah, it's so obvious. And I sometimes have a bit of a laugh like, oh, yeah, now I see what the professor saw, you know, (laughs) back (laughs) all these years back. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys, Anna, do you also teach? Uh, No, no, no. (laughs) <laughs> Luckily, because I, I was going to ask if you guys then Trina maybe you can uh, tell us if you faced any prejudice in the classroom because I have a very short story about that no like initially like was I was telling when I was a grad student and I was teaching I saw a few comments like okay you have strong accent and I remember when I just started this faculty position I used a colleague's notes and, and one student wrote in review that PowerPoint slides are not clear enough. She uses weird English. The thing is that I was actually using uh, someone else's PowerPoint and who is native English speaker. So that's one time I remember, okay, okay, this person thinks that I wrote everything, uh, which wasn't true. So other than that, I know I I never faced anything. For me, when it in US, most of the time, the comments are very positive. Like my advisor Mm -hmm. told me, I kind of really admire people who are writing their dissertation in English, which is not their own mother tongue. So, so yeah, for me, the comments have been positive. But but one thing I want to add here, and this is a funny thing, and I struggle. I still struggle. So it's about uh, giving exam and taking exam, right? <laughs> so it's like as a professor, I give exam to students, right? If I'm yeah. speaking in English. And but students, in Bengali, you give exam as a student. Exactly. If I am translating from Bengali, I take exam, right? But yeah. I have to I have to say, okay, I will be giving exam to you. And I struggle every time. Like this semester also, it happened. So it's like give and take. I, I am not good at giving and taking, I guess, here. I mean, when, when you say pass out and you say graduating... I guess graduating now has become better English for us in USA. But once or twice, I would tell people that, oh, when are you passing out? And they're like, what? Why? Why will I pass out? I'm not sick. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly. not what I meant. <laughs> and also, like, you know, certain words are different in USA. Like, for example, I always call brinjal a brinjal. And then here people call it eggplant. And I'm like, what is eggplant? It's not even egg. Like, what is this weird word? (laughs) Yeah, I had had struggles with those words. Then bell pepper and capsicum, right? Oh, yeah. Bell pepper and capsicum. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, bell pepper, it's not even a pepper. It's not even spicy. Yeah, I don't understand the logic behind the words sometimes. Okay, now now I'm very... This was interesting because... So in Portugal, we called eggplant berinjela. And I was wondering where the hell does this come from <laughs> because no other <laughs> european country that i'm aware of calls it berinjela and, and you call it berinjel 
we call it digital in in india all the texts that would show us what this, what this purple vegetable is it is a brinjal oh. it's always a brinjal <laughs> yeah okay i i thought europe uh, calls it brinjal no no they call it always like aubergine aubergine okay okay and i actually stopped using the portuguese word because nobody understands me so i always use aubergine or some portion of aubergine yeah that makes sense <laughs> yeah. i still don't get eggplant like it just does not look like an egg to me i'm sorry are we going to put But... the brinjala eggplant emoji <laughs> yeah and the language, language confusion different. much <laughs> yeah emojis are universal language so yeah that's yes. true whoever came up with emojis is a smart person yeah that's why you you use that in smartphones right <laughs> but this is another thing like i love cracking jokes and i used to struggle when i had to write jokes in english so now i feel like my english has improved so i can make puns yeah 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 that makes I know, sense i know it's bad most of the times but still i can do that so, so i start the new type of jokes when you start to know a lot of languages so i know portuguese i know english um i know a bit of german so you start making these jokes that are like going you know you need to know three languages to understand what's happening <laughs> Sometimes you have to explain those jokes and then they're not jokes anymore. Yeah, they're they're just, not funny anymore. <laughs> they, they're funny because it's like writing a dissertation again because you have to explain yes, it. Yes, you need to give... Okay, <laughs> do you have five minutes? Because I need to give you a background story to this. And <laughs> this, this is one of the reasons our languages are so fascinating. Like you can connect them, right? It is nice for me, I guess, to have friends who are also multilingual. Because even if they are not multilingual in the same way that I am, I understand where they're coming from when they're making those jokes. And at least, hey, at least I make myself laugh, right? So yeah. why not? <laughs> so basically, a part of the population prefers English. So there is uh, this thing, right? Oh, if you know English, you are smart enough. And that is reflected in salary. That is reflected in the job. It's so funny because English is such a stupid language. It's like the easiest <laughs> language to know. Yeah. No? It's like the easiest language. Yeah, actually, I feel English is very easy. Right now, I'm learning German and I'm struggling. Like, pronunciation is different. So, on that note, uh, we will wind down and go to our last or second segment. Uh, which is recommendations. So, Trina, what will you recommend our listeners this week? Okay, so I'm currently reading a book that's called The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander. It's about race relations in United States. Uh, but as I was reading, I actually found so many similarities when it comes to caste system in India. So, if you are interested about race, uh, then caste system, this is a very good book the new jim crow and then there is another book i just finished reading and i would like to recommend this to everyone it is called the body keeps the score it's by oh yeah it's by dr bessel van der kolk it's about trauma it's it can be any kind of trauma and how our brain reacts so i want to add something here like because i feel this is important though we are deviating a little bit so sometimes like when it comes to survivors people say people in the sense even those people who are in a decision making position uh, they say okay this person is giving different accounts about the same thing right so the reason is the person is very traumatized and actually brain 
releasing different hormones to forget that situation so this book actually helped me understand like how trauma affects people okay it's how we how... I, i watched a video on this and that seemed very interesting yes. so it will help us understand ourselves and how to treat other people who are traumatized because of different reasons so these two books i really love and i would recommend everyone to read this yeah those are brilliant recommendations we will leave them in the show notes as always so on that note thank you trina for joining us today this was a wonderful discussion it was a very light and fun discussion actually yeah. which i did not expect so thank you so much hope you join us again in the future yes i will i i really enjoyed this so yeah thank you for inviting me yeah thank you for coming and thank you anna our lovely producer okay so on that note we will see you next week bye 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 we have 30 faithful listeners at least oh my god <laughs> i'm joking like how our family and friends <laughs>